Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Chats with My Daughter. My name is Ella and this is my mom. Hi, I'm Kathy. How are you today, Ella? Good, how about you? I'm good, I have some ASMR for you though. Ready? Do you like that sound? Yes, but mine was better. Yeah, yours was better. But I already did mine. Yeah, yours was a can. I like the sound of a can opening. This is the sound of a Pepsi being unscrewed. I decided I needed a Pepsi today because... Okay, stop! (laughs) Now she's clicking over my talking. Um, Because I'm very tired. Even though we turned the clock back, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Mm -mm. So... mm. So I needed this. Very exhausted. Did you have a happy Halloween? I did have a happy Halloween. Yeah? Um, I ended it with a bang because after, like, we were done trick-or-treating. Cause, yeah. Because like, there weren't that many houses. No, why do, you, why do you think there weren't that many houses? Because there was a hurricane. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't participate. Our neighborhood is filled with old people, too. <laughs> that could be. That and could then, be. So we went to, like, um, 7-Eleven after and got Slurpees. Mm-hmm. And then we also, after, like... Um, we bumped into a guy at Seven Eleven who was like, "Oh, I like your guys' costumes." And then we told him where we were trick or treating, and then he was like, literally from that neighborhood. And he oh, like, I didn't hear this yeah, part. He was okay. Like, we should go down to the, a house with like two, three witches in front of it. They have like really good candy, and they've been waiting for visitors, and they haven't really gotten any. And so then we were like, "Okay." So then we drove down there, and like they were selling, they were giving out full size candy bars. Mm. But then they only let us take, so they had, like, three bins. They had one that was, like, small, medium, and big. Uh-huh. And they were like, you can take one out of each. And I was like, why nice. can't we take as many as we want because there's no one else? <laughs> <laughs> but but a full-size candy bar, that's, like, the dream. I used to never get those True. when I was a kid. Like, but I, like, was so torn between two of the full-size candy bars, so. So what'd you choose? I chose the Airheads. Oh, <laughs> bad choice. Well, the other one was Sour Punch. But I get the Sour Punch stuff a lot at Five Below anyways, Mm -hmm. so. Well, I had a nice Halloween too, and I just wanted to let everyone know I did try some TikTok hacks, Mm -hmm. um, and they were kind of hit or miss. The first one I tried when carving my pumpkin was to take the electric mixer on the inside, and you were supposed to be able to just, yeah, mix it up, and then like the seeds would kind of separate out from the goo, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that stuff is inside the pumpkin. And it wasn't the best. It, it kind of worked, but then it, it got probably all... probably, like, edited it. Maybe. It, then it got all stuck on my electric mixer, and... Or they have a better mixer than us. I mean, both could be true. You're right. Um, and then they said to put Vaseline on, like, the eyes and nose and mouth after you cut them out of the pumpkin, mm-hmm. because it'll stop it from rotting. I do actually think that helped. Yeah, it didn't smell like... As rotten. It didn't smell as rotten. And we get rotten pumpkins down here in Florida because it's so hot and humid on Halloween. And then lastly was the cinnamon in the bottom of... It made it smell good. It made it smell good. So you put that in the bottom of the jack lantern. You're not supposed to get bugs. Um, we had lots of fruit flies in there. So I don't think that really worked unless it scared away some other bugs that I don't know yeah. about. But um, but it was, it was fun trying some TikTok mm-hmm. hacks. <laughs> and it smelled like pumpkin-y like oh yeah the pumpkin and the cinnamon uh-huh. that it was good really good so our newest segment is your happies and your crappies do you have your happies and crappies for this week uh-huh what do you got so my happy is that i got um secretary 
of my um, National Juniors Honor Society. Congratulations. Thank you. That's fun and awesome. And what a good thing to put on your, like, resume. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then um, another happy is, like, there was, like, a really, really hard math test that, like, everyone was getting, like, 80s on. Uh-huh. And I got a 90. Nice. So I'm, like, super happy because I was, like, not confident going into it. And then my crappy was I took tutoring before the test with, like, oh. a group of people and, like, it was not my regular math teacher, and it was, like, a different one. Oh. And I thought she was going to be better, but she was worse. Oh. And she, like, confused everyone more. And she oh. didn't, like, answer our questions, right? And, like, one of the answers, she was, like, helping us with, like, stuff stuff online afterwards. And one of the answers that she gave us, like, they we typed it in, and then it said it was wrong. And then we were like, it's wrong. And she was like, oh, great. What? And then she just, like, solved it. And she was like, oh, yeah, I counted wrong. I don't think there's anything more stressful than becoming more confused before a math test. Exactly. Yeah, that, that, no, I can't handle that. And then I have one more crappy is, well, kind of a crappy and like a in-betweeny. Okay. Because I had to take, so yesterday I want to get into like this really good private school, but so I had to take a four-hour test. You did. And it was like, like seven, like 600 to 700 questions it was, like, so many questions, and then after we had to write an essay, mm-hmm. and so it was, like, so long, and I was so drained. I'm still so drained from it, oh, I'm but I'm also, like, it's it's an in-betweeny because, like, I want to know if I got in. Like, yeah. I'm excited to see if I got in. Yeah, I think I think, um, I think our next podcast is going to be about comparing and contrasting public and private school, because mm-hmm. it's been a big talk in our family yep. for the last few weeks, if not months. Mm-hmm. High school is a big thing. <sighs> I can't believe we're st- thinking about high school. It's crazy. We're growing up so fast. And then college. And oh, don't even. In four years. Well, um, I feel like I've had a lot of happies. I'm always really happy when I have book club because those are some of my favorite friends mm-hmm. to hang out with. Also had a happy because I went to a friend's fortieth birthday party and it was just a blast. Really? Um, yeah, we even got to dance, which I like to do and I never get to do. Um, and then my crappy is that I went to the eye doctor just for a regular old exam to get my contact lens prescription for the year. And she was dilating my pupil and assessing my retina. And she said, I have a bleed in my left retina. What does that mean? Well, that's what I said. I said, oh, what does that mean? She goes, well, it can mean like diabetes or high blood pressure, but you don't have either of those things, which I guess the good news is I had just like literally just a few days before been to my primary care physician. Mm-hmm. And not only had they taken my blood pressure, they had drawn my blood. Mm-hmm. So I knew that no, stuff was diabetes. all fine. Right. So she was like, well, I guess I'll have to send you to a retinal specialist. <laughs> so. No, I'm trying to get in. sending you for stuff that's like I know. I know. Yeah, I don't remember if I said it on the podcast, but I also got sent to an ultrasound appointment because the primary care physician thought my neck looked thick. (laughs) She wanted to make sure my my, uh, thyroid was okay. So, yes, every time I go to the doctor. And it was okay. And it was okay. Um, And I I feel confident my retina will be okay also because I'm not having any vision problems, but Mm -hmm. it's just like... One thing yeah, after I feel another. Like you have diabetes or like high blood pressure. No, I mean we already know I don't have yes. those. Those things have been ruled out, but um, it's just the crappiness of having to go see another doctor, spend the time, spend the money, 
just getting old sucks. <laughs> so, so that's it for me. Um, what is our theme of this episode, Ella? Um, Native American heritage. That's right. That's right. So, um, we both did a little research. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, you did a lot of research. I, I kind of did. Um, when did National Native American Heritage Month start? So, National Native American Heritage Month started in 1990. Oh, not that long ago. Yeah, by President H.W. Bush. Okay, okay. And he, like, signed it into the law so that every year we can, like, celebrate and appreciate their culture. Oh, okay. And I wonder, is it because it's also the month that harbors Thanksgiving? Maybe. <laughs> you love a bonus question, don't you, you girl? Do too. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um... So I had you look up a few things that mm-hmm. before we started talking about the people that we researched. Um, what is cultural appropriating? I wanted to know what that was, and I wanted you to understand what that was. So it means basically, like, if it's unacknowledged, mm-hmm. so, like, completely ignored and not talked about, mm-hmm. not talked about, or, like, inappropriate adoption mm-hmm. of customs from other cultures. Yes. So, like... For example, for Halloween, if you wear, like, someone's Asian, like, someone's Asian culture outfit that they wear for, like, religion or, like, certain events, and then you call it, like, your Halloween costumes, it's, like, inappropriate to do because it's their culture. You're right. Like, it's not something that they dress up as for. Right. So do you think it's appropriate to dress up as a a Native American? No. No. I, Especially, I, like, if you're, like, white or black or something. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're Native American and you're just like, I'm showing off my heritage. Exactly. Like, exactly. And what, sure, what do you I think, guess. when you were young, did you ever make, like, headbands in school for Thanksgiving? Probably. Probably. There are some people that think that should stop, too, because in my research, I found out that the majority of tribes actually don't wear headdresses anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's not really like a cute little thing. It's like yeah. a very prestigious and religious thing. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't just make it into something cutesy. Yeah. Um, it, we had a little conversation off of the microphone. Um, and I asked you about, you had some friends who dressed up as hula girls. Mm-hmm. And there were some parents and that... And so did I. Oh, that's right. For you, dance. you did for dance. That's right. There were some parents that thought that was cultural appropriation, and I had never thought about it. What do you think about that? So I feel like it's not really as bad if it's like a hula girl because that's something that's not well. Like it is a Hawaiian tradition. It I is. Guess, it is. But it's something that's not like specifically towards like a race. I feel like. Like, if you, mm. let's say if you, like, go to Hawaii and you're just, like, any race or anything, and you go to a luau, they give you, like, skirts and, mm. like, lay, lays to wear. Like, they're not, like, permitting you from doing it. They, they think it's, like, a fun thing to do. You mean prohibiting you from prohibiting. doing it. Prohibiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it's, like, I feel like it's fine because it's not, like, offending anyone. Well, I kind of half agree with you. I half. do agree that... When you go to Hawaii and you go to a luau, they give you lays. They may give you some coconuts and grass mm-hmm. skirts. And they are like, come on, be part of the customs. Yeah. Um, and I do know a very, very good friend who lives, who's Hawaiian. She lives in Hawaii, has her whole life. And she is one of the most 
easygoing, laid back person. Mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine that she would be offended if someone was dressing up in Hawaiian garb because she'd probably think it was beautiful. And, um, but I do think that's pretty specific to their culture. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I guess the bottom line is if we're told it's offensive, we shouldn't do it because we can't say, no, it's not. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Um, that's up to the individual to decide what's offensive. And my rule of thumb is, oh, if that's offensive to you, I won't do that because Mm -hmm. I'm not walking around trying to offend people or a custom or a culture or anything. I just feel like it's a little bit different. Maybe not completely different. I do. Just a little bit different because it's like a hula girl. It's not like an Indian tribe getting ready for war or something. I I definitely hear what you're saying. And so it'd actually be a good conversation to have with someone from Hawaii Mm -hmm. to see what do they say. Um, so, uh, what's indigenous then? Did you find out what that word meant? Yes. Um, indigenous means like culturally distinct ethnic groups. Ethnic? Ethnic groups that have not migrated from their homeland. Ah, so they're from Yeah, there. and they stay there. Yeah. And we have indigenous. Indigenous? Indigenous tribes here in Florida. Yeah, Florida, I think, had Mm -hmm. quite a few indigenous tribes. What were some of the popular, prominent ones? The two most popular ones are the Seminoles Mm -hmm. tribes, which even there was a a football team. Yeah. But they changed their name. They did? I thought they were still the Seminoles. Maybe it was another one. I know there was one that changed their name. I think it was the Washington one. Well, there was a, a... a football team called the Redskins. Yeah, it was the Redskins. Which, that is just And then they changed it to the Washingtons or something. Okay. Like the Washington Football League. Well, that's a dumb new name. But the old name, that really is offensive. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, like, calling a someone red- a Redskin? Yeah. Ugh. But, um, yeah, so we have the Seminoles. And then the... Mikasukis? <laughs> Mikasuki tribe. Yeah, we do hear a lot about the Mikasukis. Yeah, I've heard about them. I have too. I, th- there's quite a few in this Florida yeah, area, are. but those yeah. are the most dominant. Okay, um, and then my last question for you is: What was the Indian Removal Act? So the Indian Removal Act was um, signed by President Andrew Jackson okay. into law on May twenty eighth, eighteen thirty, and it was basically a law that basically forced the Indians to um, exchange land. So they had to, like, all of, like, the Indian land, they exchanged it for, like, a land out west. So they were forced to, like, walk all the way to the west to have new land there so that us Americans could have their land. Yeah, so I think you're saying it in a very, like, low-key way, (laughs) which is great. No, But But it's basically we stole their land and said, move out west. Yeah. It's terrible. And, like, some of them, I was reading, and, like, some of them, like, were fine with it, and some of them, like, resisted. Really? There were were Native Americans that were fine with it? Yeah. Just because they're peaceful people? They just, like, went along with it. But then others were, like, really upset. And fought. Uh Uh-huh. And is that what led to some of the Indian American War? Probably. Yeah. There's probably a lot. Well, we did a lot of things then. We did. Trail of Tears. Oh, I know. It's 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 embarrassing. It's horrifying. It's just 
rude, barbaric, and soul-crushing. Mm-hmm. It really, really makes my blood boil to think that humans would treat each other that way. And, and I always think of, like, look at it this way. If you live in Michigan and a bunch of Ohioans come in and say, nah, we want this land now, and anyone who's a Michigander is going to get locked up or thrown away or you know, you would be outraged you'd be like that's ridiculous that should never happen that couldn't ever happen but this is what was happening you were sent away or or killed or whatever because someone else wanted your stuff mm-hmm. it's it's i hate it i know appalling um all right well i have a few notes myself a few notes. A few notes. Um, there are 576 federally recognized tribes in the United States alone. I thought that was fascinating because you can't just say Native American. It's so diverse. Uh There's nothing, there's no one Native American language or culture or... Yeah, just like Asia too. You're right. Asians, like there's like so many different... You're absolutely right. Yep. There's so many different parts of it and different like areas yeah um and then kind of piggybacking on your cultural appropriation and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. there are certain things that have been part of um americans vernacular that shouldn't be anymore so like have you heard someone say oh i'm low man on the totem pole no well i've said it um many times throughout my life Low man on the totem pole means you're like the bottom rung of of power. So like so you're tired? not that you're tired, although that would make sense too, but you are um you get the least amount of respect or the worst hours at work or mm-hmm. you kind of get the crappy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's an offensive thing because a totem pole that's not what it represents. It's like a Native American symbol and they draw or uh, carve different things on a totem pole but just because it's at the bottom of the totem pole doesn't mean that's a bad place to be Mm -hmm. um but that's how it's used in in many english speaking people's vocabulary Mm -hmm. um obviously and i don't think your generation says this anymore but sitting indian style is no longer appropriate thing to say Because you say sit crisscross applesauce, which means cross your legs. Uh When I was a kid, we were told to sit Indian style. What? Uh Uh-huh. I think another obvious one that people don't say anymore is Indian giver. Have you heard that? I'm glad you haven't, honestly. We used to honestly say, don't be an Indian giver, and that's when you take something back. So, like, if I gave you a bracelet and then later I was like, Ella, can I have that bracelet? And you're like, oh, you're such an Indian giver. Um, but it was the white man that took stuff, you know, yeah. um, not the Native Americans. I did also try to look up why the word Indian is sometimes appropriate and sometimes inappropriate. Have you ever heard why Native Americans are even called Indians? Mm-mm. You haven't? So it's supposedly because Christopher Columbus, when he quote unquote discovered America, Mm -hmm. he thought he was in India. And so he called the brown people Indians, but he wasn't in India. He was in this new 
How yeah. did they know where India was? I guess people had been there before. And they called it India? Yeah. Why did they call it India? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they, the Native Americans were called Indians for a very, very long time. Then I think that sort of became offensive or incorrect or whatever because it was like, no, they're not even Indians. They're yeah. Native Americans. But it's kind of come back around and it actually is strangely enough like the official term hmm. by like the government or something so um but again it's just best to ask the native that you're speaking to mm-hmm. do you want to be called indian mm-hmm. or native american or indigenous or um first nations indian american yep yep sometimes people will say East Indian or West Indian, you know, because it's confusing. Um, Oh, so they also mentioned that, like you said, culture is not a costume, so you shouldn't do that for Halloween. A powwow is a celebration requiring months of planning for heritage, art, community, and it's not a cute 10-minute meeting. So have you ever heard someone say, hey, let's powwow on that in a few minutes or something? No. (laughs) Actually, it sounds like your generation is much more culturally aware than my generation. So I guess this is for the parents. And then calling someone chief is like cringy. So be like, what's up, chief? Because, you know, an Indian chief is like the head of the tribe. Mm-hmm. So anyway. We call them what up, boss? Yeah, boss. Dude. <laughs> anyway, that is kind of the research I did on some of the inappropriate uh, language language that my generation has used. Apparently not your generation, so I'm proud of you. Um, Next, I dove into a book of ours. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to go first? Yes. Okay. We were each going to research a couple Native American women. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of researched some less well-known people. Yeah. I researched a very well-known person, but I found some of her story to be fascinating and not sure everyone knew about it. And Mm -hmm. that is Sacagawea. Have you heard of Sacagawea? Yes. You did have. Not many people know about her? No, 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 no. I say most people know about her, but they don't know all the things that are so interesting about her. I was like, I thought a lot of people know about Sacagawea. No, no, they do. They do. In fact, there's even a coin with Sacagawea Uh on it. But I read the children's book um, from that series, you know, Ordinary People Change the World. I love that Uh children's series. Um, And it's just called Sacagawea by Brad Meltzer. Uh, So she was born in like nine... Or, yep. 1789. I was going to say. <laughs> so it was when America, United States of America, had just kind of started. Pre- George Washington was the president. Um, she was from the Shoshone tribe, which had been here in America for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so to her, it was probably hilarious that they were calling this a new country mm-hmm. and trying to put a white guy as the president and stuff. Um, she was in the area... That was called, I don't know what it was called back then, but it's now called Idaho. Mm-hmm. That's where she lived. Her father was the chief of their tribe, and she ended up being captured by another tribe at age 11. No, I'm sorry, 12. 12, but still How younger. How did they capture her? That, you know, it's funny. That happens. Tri- in fact, I just read a book that took place in Africa, and even African tribes would capture each other. Why? 
Um, Because there was a lot of tribal fighting. Mm -hmm. And so, especially when you're the daughter of a chief, you're kind of at risk of being captured so you can get that chief's attention. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. And did he stay with that other tribe? Well, she was captured and then given to a French-Canadian man to be his wife by age 14. Ew. That would never be allowed anymore. What the? Yeah. Um, and no one actually knows her real name because that husband named her Sacagawea. Why did, they, why did he name her Sacagawea? Well, I guess he was some sort of native person, too, even though they called him French-Canadian. Um, or, or, or maybe I misread that and he, the French-Canadians gave her to him. I'm not really sure, but her name, her real birth name was not Sacagawea, which I found interesting. Mm. So then time moved on, and the third president of our country, who was... Andrew Jackson? Nope, Thomas Jefferson. Andrew Jackson, you just talked about him. Yeah, that was like in the 1800s. We're still... Oh. Well, maybe we're moving into the 1800s, but not that late. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. he bought land from France in, I know you've heard of this, the Louisiana Purchase. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge territory that they needed to explore, but they needed translators for this um, expedition because none of the white guys spoke any of the native languages. Mm-hmm. So did she speak like all of them? She did not speak all of them, but she she could communicate very well with a lot of the tribes, and especially Shoshani, since that's what she was. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, her husband, and her newborn baby... And this is like a 14-year-old girl, <laughs> went with Lewis and Clark, who I'm sure you've heard of, mm-hmm. and a few other dozen men, but she was the only girl to explore this new chunk of territory that we had bought, and her mm-hmm. little baby was nicknamed Pomp. Pomp. I, Pomp, I, lo- I know, I love like thinking about Pomp. I wonder if, Bob, <coughs> if Pomp had a baby. Later then, in life? Yeah, and then someone's related to Sacagawea. Probably! That's, that would be a good little research project. Yeah. That would be so cool to be like, Sacagawea is my great, 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 yes. great, 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 great. I wouldn't even want to worry about Sacagawea. I'd say, pomp. <laughs> my great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> um, so she had pomp strapped to her for this entire expedition, which I just mm-hmm. found fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was pretty awesome. She knew what was edible on the journey and how to travel. So like she helped them. One part said she helped them find asparagus and they didn't know that that was edible. Asparagus? Uh Uh-huh. I know. I love asparagus. Um, she knew how to travel like through the mountains and over the rivers and stuff like that, that they didn't know. So she was a badass. Um, I thought this was, sorry, I thought this was kind of funny and totally typical. Um, in the journals that they kept, Lewis and Clark, you know, the main leaders, guys. leaders, yeah, guys of the expedition, they spelled her name eight different ways. <laughs> what? They did not know how to spell Sacagawea. Um, so, she, and she brought the group to her original tribe and helped them trade for horses that they used to cross the mountains. Mm-hmm. She could have stayed with her tribe at that point. But she didn't. And no one really knows why, but it seemed like she actually decided she wanted to be on this expedition. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, she traveled 2,000 miles in total. By feet? 
by well, oh, and a well, little, and a little horseback and a little canoeing they did too. That's crazy. That's crazy, and it took a year and a half. <laughs> but they finally found a route to the Pacific Ocean. She got to see the Pacific Ocean. Um, be, in exchange for their trip, her husband was given five hundred and thirty-three dollars and three hundred and twenty acres of land. She was given nothing. Jack. Did her husband share with her? I hope so, but that's just how women were treated back then, especially... She did the most work. Oh, she did the most work by far. And the saddest thing I read is that she died in 1812. Yeah, I was going to ask when she died. At age 23. Isn't that horrible? How? I just don't think humans in general lived very long, and especially if you've had a hard life, you know, hiking through the mountains as a teenager carrying a child on your back and, you know, you get one bout of dysentery, which is like diarrhea, and you can die. We didn't have medicine the way we have it now. We had, we had much worse medical system. So, but I, I just think she's amazing. And um, so sad. most people just know, oh, yeah, Sacagawea, didn't she help Lewis and Clark? And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, she was like... They helped her. Yeah, she was the main help. And there were some other cool things, like... They ended up treating her with a lot more respect than mm-hmm. most men treated women back then because they were so impressed by her and even let her vote on certain things. Because, and, you know, like, which way should we go? Oh, if Sacagawea says that way, then we're going to go that way. And so they, they actually ended up speaking very highly of her, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, so that's Sacagawea. Who did you uh, decide to look at? Okay, so... The first person, like, I've never heard of these people before, mm-hmm. but um, the, the first woman mm-hmm. is the Buffalo Calf Road Woman. Buffalo Calf Road Woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a long name. So, um, she fought beside her husband and her brother in the Battle of Rosebud and Little Bighorn. Oh, I've heard of Little Bighorn. Mm-hmm. In 1876. <laughs> okay. And... Um, it was when, like, the U.S. troops attacked the Native Americans because <laughs> because she was one of the groups that, um, I was talking about this, she did not, um, give away her territory, like, they were fighting for it. Oh, she's like, not my land, boys. Yeah, and so, like, just, they got in this big fight just because they wouldn't give up their territory, which is so dumb. And, um, she was a young mother who's also known for saving her brother, Riding straight into the path of bullets to pull <gasps> him on her horse <sighs> and take him to safety. Wow. Um, and it's a site, like, you can see the site. It's known as where the girl saved her brother. Oh, That's what it's called. Where is this? Um, it doesn't, it didn't say. Oh. But I'm sure, let me see, I think I can click on this link. It says in northern, huh? <laughs> okay, well, that's okay. We can find out later. Okay, well, it's somewhere. Okay. And it's, like, the, a site where you can, like, see where she literally helped her brother die, not die from a bullet. That is awesome. Um, And she also had a six-shooter, which she fired at soldiers during Oh, so the, she had a gun? Yeah. <gasps> like, she's a really bad... Bad... Badass. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she was, like, she literally like, shot so many soldiers during the Brave Final Stands. Mm -hmm. And she's believed to have knocked General Custer off his horse. 
and like it's just it could I don't know if it's a rumor or not but it says that she also could have possibly killed him herself I so she can't like, believe I've never heard really, of her. I know, me neither. She was, like, really crazy. She saved her brother. She fought in the war. She knocked the general off of his horse and possibly killed him. And um, she was, like, a really brave woman who didn't get enough recognition. No. And so was that her name, Buffalo Calf Road Woman? It doesn't say her real name. Oh. I, I, there's no way that's her real name. Well, I, Unless it's Buffalo Calf. Yeah. And that's it. I don't know. That's interesting. That's interesting. Me neither. Huh. Anyways, and then the next woman is Joy Harjo. Okay. Harjo. Harjo. It looks like Harjo. Harjo. Um, she's a poet. Oh, and present is, day? I think so. Okay. She yeah, she looks, yeah, because that's like a modern picture. Um, and she's the first Native American to hold the position of the U.S. Poet Laureate. Which is like an award-winning poem. Oh, it's like a really, really good award for when if you have a good poem. And her award-winning poems speak to the experience of Native culture. Oh. So it like talks about the invoking of ancestors and memory. Invoking. Yeah, invoking. <laughs> Invoke. What does that mean? Invoking means like uh, alluding to kind mm-hmm. of. Invoking ancestors and talks about like the grief and anger that they went through, mm. and then um, I kind of feel grief and anger, and I'm not even Native yeah. American. And it talks about like their injustices too. Yeah. And she didn't start playing music until age thirty nine, <gasps> but when she did, mm-hmm. when she picked up the saxophone, she also released five albums. No. Yeah. I am so impressed with people who start something late in life. And excel at it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Maybe I can find one of her poems and post it to our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but she's like, I've also never heard of her before. I've never heard but of she's her like, either. I assume she's still alive because that looks like a really modern picture. Yeah. But she did a lot of accomplishments. Good for her. She's awesome. I know. Um, That's all I have. All right. I did two. Let's make sure we're still recording because... <laughs> Oh, okay. Still recording. Still recording. Um, Well, I had one more, and it was also, I would say, a well-known Native American. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to, you know, tell her story in case people forgot it. Mm -hmm. Pocahontas. Oh, yes. You heard her? Is she real? She's real. Mm. Um, I got on nps.gov and looked her up. Uh, She was born in 1596, so... Wow. A couple hundred years. Yeah, before Sacagawea, before your Buffalo Road woman. And um, she was a long time ago, before there was a United States. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Pocahontas was not her name, just like Sacagawea. That was a nickname that means playful one. Mm. So I I guess her real name was Amunute. Amunute? Mm Mm-hmm, something like that. Um, So this was in what would later become Virginia. Mm-hmm. And she was part of the Powhatan tribe. Her father also was chief, just like Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. And so at age 11, when the English arrived in Jamestown, Virginia, um, her tribe captured John Smith. Had you heard of Captain John Smith? Yeah. Yeah. And Didn't she fall in love with him? Well, that's actually disputed in this article. Mm-hmm. 
they they said she never really fell in love with him, but she did stop him from being executed once he was captured. Mm-hmm. And because she stopped his execution, somehow the whole tribe ended up becoming friends with John Smith and at letting him leave. So instead of killing him, they became buddies with him and negotiated all kinds of things. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool too. And also, kind of like you were saying with the um, how the the Buffalo Road lady mm-hmm. had guns. Well, uh, Pocahontas did some bartering to get guns for her tribe. Really? Yep. She also negotiated the release of her tribe, the Powhatan prisoners that the Englishmen had. Mm-hmm. So she got some of them freed. That's nice. Yep. With the help of Captain. Yes, because of that friendship with Captain John Smith. Um, but later on, she was captured because, of course, being the uh, daughter of a chief makes her vulnerable to that kind of thing. And the person who was her warden ended up teaching her English, religion, and culture. Wow. So she And she ended up falling in love with John Rolfe, a white guy. I did not know this part. Wow. So maybe that's how the story gets... So the one that captured her? Not, he was part of the group that captured her, but he was not oh. the capturer. But I wonder if that's how the story got twisted into her falling in love with John Smith. Yeah. Um... But she was really in love with John Rolf. Wolf, Wolf, sorry. They got married. She changed her name to Rebecca after she was baptized. Had you ever heard that? She was <laughs> I, like, I'm white now. I mean, it's fascinating. And she even went to England with her husband. Um, and her. The, I know. The fact that this Native American had this relationship with the white guys ended up being called the Peace of Pocahontas. Because in that time frame, there was way less fighting between the English and the tribe. Mm-hmm. But sadly, she died at age 21. What? I, they, they're not sure exactly why she died. But again, she may have had like dysentery or something. And isn't that crazy? Yes. I, I didn't know her you? life was so short. And I did not know she became Rebecca. <laughs> and she like got captured, but then she loved being captured <laughs> i mean kind of yeah kind of, that's yeah 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 so anyway um i've really enjoyed this native american deep dive in Me fact too. i enjoyed it so much that our book club is going to read a book about native americans we just have to pick really? which one it is yeah yep because it's important Do and it's interesting we have four that four were, yeah that we're debating. trying to choose yeah debating so maybe if we pick a good one um you'll read it too Maybe. <laughs> if I'm not busy doing homework. Oh, okay. Roger. All right. So, you ready to close out, girl? Yep. I keep forgetting to do the intro, like, every time. But, you mean or the, the outro. outro. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm tired, but... <laughs> As you usual. You can find us on Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook at Chats With My Daughter. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen. Sounds good. Say goodbye, Ella. Bye. Bye.